0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for March 1st and 2nd, 2020, 316, Colossians 316, Worship. Hey Connection Church, welcome. Today we begin a season in the church known as Lent. Lent is a time of preparation when we prepare ourselves emotionally and spiritually for Jesus' last days on earth, for his death on the cross, for his resurrection from the grave.
1: During the season of Lent, we take extra time in prayer and reflection. We take a look inside about where we may have strayed from our relationship with God, what God wants for our lives. We look at our mortality and our sinfulness and our desperate need for a Savior. Our
0: focus this season is uh, 316, chapter and verse. Most well-known is John 316, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish, but
1: have eternal life. There are a lot of really cool 316s in the Bible, and we'll be taking a look at some of them during this season of Lent. But today, we will begin with Colossians 316, and we'll take a look at worship.
0: Good morning, Connection Church. Good, morning. good to be with you today. As we shared in the video, we uh, we're starting a new series called 3:16. As we begin this season known as Lent, today our focus is on Colossians 3:16, focused on worship. Well,
1: good morning, Connection Church. Morning. I'm just a little distracted by that video. You know, I try to be a good sport, but. I've got no eyes up there, It's like they're like little slits, and it's hard to watch, Barry. Can you do something about that?
0: Much better, much better.
1: Yeah. I had to apologize to my kids this morning because they've got slitty eyes too.
0: Well, three of them do. Ah, uh, yeah. The three here do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> my name's Carrie Jones.
0: I'm Alan Jones.
1: And we are two <laughs> sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We also want to welcome those of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. Thank you so much for being with us. We are one church, many locations. Would you pray with me, please? Almighty God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for calling us to be present with you, whether it's here at 4744 Summit Bridge Road or in our homes or wherever we might be traveling. Thank you, Lord. Settle us in. Remove any distractions that we might have laser focus on what you would have for us today. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Colossians. Colossians is in the second half of the Bible, and it's a letter that was written by the Apostle Paul when he was imprisoned in Rome. It's written to the church of Colossae. That's why it's called Colossians, and um, that's a town in Asia Minor, which is now modern-day Turkey. Paul wrote this letter after he received a report from one of his disciples, one of his church planters, that the church was struggling with false teaching. That false teaching is called heresy.
0: You know, in the letter that Paul wrote, we're never told directly what the heresy is we can only infer or figure from what Paul expresses in the letter kind of back into it it, it seemed to involve that the teaching uh, teaching some teachings that Jesus perhaps wasn't divine somehow wasn't actually God and we say that because Paul hits head-on by stressing the supremacy of Jesus in this letter, how Jesus is the very image of God, how Jesus is the creator and pre sustainer of all things, the head of the church, the divine in human form, and the reconciler. The NIV study Bible says this, says the theme of Colossians is the complete adequacy. Let me say that again, the complete adequacy of christ as contrasted with the emptiness of mere human philosophy
1: and so this morning we are going to look at colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 17 if you have your bibles with you and the scriptures also on the screen in this first half um, paul focuses on living the new life that jesus offers does that sound familiar our mission here at Connection, let's say it together, is to connect, connect people, people with Jesus, with Jesus and, and the, the new life, life that he, he offers. offers. And so check this out, beginning at verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, And your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Mm.
0: Okay, so Paul makes it clear here that Jesus is supreme, and therefore we are to focus on things of heaven rather than uh, things of earth, where heaven, where Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father, the place of honor. Paul is clearly writing, to believers here as he tells them that they have died to this earthly life and they are to set their sights on things above. And Paul's advice for the church at Colossae is good advice for each and every one of us here at the church of connection. Jesus is supreme, and we would do well to not focus so much on the earthly as on the heavenly, keeping less in touch with the material and more in touch with the spiritual. And so one of our questions today is, how about you? Where are you focused, materially, spiritually?
1: Beginning at verse 5. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins... The anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of the world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds.
0: And so Paul offers kind of a tour de force of the sinful earthly things that lurk within us. Uh, the things that we are to put to death, uh, sins of the flesh, uh, greed, anger, slander, dirty language. You know, similar in nature what he lists here to things he, he, he shares in his letters to the church at Ephesus and the church at Galatia. You know, similar things to rid themselves of in those letters as well. It's a list we should pay close attention to. He concludes here by saying not to lie to each other as we have stripped off the old sinful nature. It's like we're changing clothes, and the ones we're taking off filled with earthly sins we're leaving behind when we take on new life in Jesus Christ. Leave those old clothes behind, and don't pick them up as we go into the future.
1: And so once we've stripped off the old clothes, we just can't stand around naked. We've got to put some, something back on. So Paul tells us what that new wardrobe should look like. Check this out, beginning at verse 10. Put on your new nature, your new wardrobe, and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us.
0: Okay, so when we put on our new outfit, our new nature, the idea is for us to learn to know God and become a lot more like him. In this new life where we put on Jesus, all the barriers are coming down. No more ins and outs. No more chosen and not chosen. No more part of the program, not part of the program. In Christ, we're all winners doesn't matter where you're from, who your parents are, your upbringing, your education. In Christ, we are one. (laughs) We are one. Jesus is all that matters. And he lives in all of us. Oh, yeah. He lives in all of us. Are you ready to put on Jesus? That's our question. Are you ready to put on the Jesus outfit? The Jesus at the center of your life outfit. The nothing matters but Jesus outfit. Are you ready to put on that outfit?
1: Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's fault and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, say the rest with me, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony.
0: And so Paul continues to describe describe what this new wardrobe looks like when we're followers of Jesus Christ. We are to clothe ourselves in tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We are to forgive. Oh, here's the tough part. As the Lord forgives us. Did you catch that? As the Lord forgives us. yeah. We complete our wardrobe with an overcoat of love, binding everything together in perfect harmony.
1: True confession. I always hate to get to this part. True confession. I've been working on a new wardrobe lately. I didn't like some of the clothes that I had been wearing. Clothes of criticism. Clothes of negativity. Clothes of tearing down rather than building up. And so the Holy Spirit convicted me. Ouch. And I began to pray, and my prayer went something like this, and it wasn't a one-time deal. God, close my mouth. If I don't have anything good to say, just close my mouth. Help me not say things that have no value. Close my mouth. And so, about a week later, Alan commented on how supported and uplifted he had been feeling. (laughs) Thank you, God. Thank you, God. (laughs) It's really important to take an inventory of ourselves, of our wardrobe. Rid ourselves of those pieces of clothing that aren't so good and put on new clothes. What about you? What about you? Do you need a new wardrobe? Are you tender? Do you have tender hearted mercy? Kindness? Do you show humility? Gentleness? What about patience? Are you wearing an overcoat of love? I love that image of putting on an overcoat of love because really, love trumps all. Is it time to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you how you need to rework your wardrobe?
0: Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts and be thankful. Peaceful, thankful. Thankful. Sounds like pretty good advice, doesn't it? You know, if we could be peaceful and thankful at all times, can you imagine how kind of even keeled our lives would be? Wow. Peaceful and thankful. They would be good things to pray for. Fully focused on Christ. Seeking that peace that passes all understanding. It passes all understanding because at times it doesn't make any sense, any logical sense to be at peace when you're in the midst of certain situations. And yet it is possible because we know God's in control and when God's in control, somehow, some way, things will be okay. Contrary to how crazy they might seem. It's The peace that allows us to focus on the God-centered solutions rather than on the Satan-centered problems. And then it therefore allows us to be thankful at all times, in all places, not only in the good, but also in the not-so-good. Thankful for the trials as well as the triumphs. The victories as well as the end of defeats as well. It's an attitude of gratitude we're talking about here. Gratitude for both the sunshine and the rain. So the question here is, how's your attitude of gratitude?
1: Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And so we get to the verse of the day, Colossians 3, 16. We can sum this verse up in one word, and that is worship. Worship, expressing our reverence to God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, an outpouring of our love for God. I am so excited about worship. I love to worship. We sang just a little while ago some really powerful words, above and below me, before and behind me, in every eye that sees me, Christ be all around me. What rich and beautiful words that express an attitude, a heart of worship, and lifting our voices together is really, really important. It's so important to come together as a body of Christ. God loves to hear our praises on Sunday morning and on Monday night because all that we sing, all that we do expresses our love for God and acknowledges that everything we have exists because of God. Through God, everything points to God. Now we might not all be singers, but we can all use our voices to lift up praise to God. It's so important to do that together as a corporate body.
0: I'm just thinking thank the lord that I can still sing even though it's a lousy voice. Thank you lord. You know the thing about worship though it's not just here Sunday morning like now or tomorrow night. It's we never limit our worship to a time and place. It's an ongoing, unending, unlimited, unconstrained, never-ending attitude that we have toward God. An attitude excuse me of who for who God was is and will be. An attitude of thankfulness for what God has done, is doing, and will do. An attitude of openness to God's very presence in our lives, now and forever. Worship's not so much something that we do, but it's um, it's a state of being that we find ourselves in. And it's a powerful statement about what life is all about. And it's not about us. It's not about our wants. Not even really about our needs and our feelings. It's not about us realizing our personal definition of happiness or how many of our dreams we actually get to experience.
1: Worship. Worship calls us back again and again to the truth of Jesus Christ to remember what he's done, is doing, and will do. It gives us an attitude of celebration in the midst of our lives, not just for an hour on Sunday or Monday, but throughout the day, throughout the night. Never-ending, all-consuming, overwhelming celebration of the one who blew life into you. You are here because God designed you and blew life into you. It's not some scientific big boom. You're here because of God, and for that reason, it's important to worship and honor the one who made us.
0: Check out Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving and praise, a psalm that expresses this attitude of worship we're talking about. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing, no, the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. Say the rest with me. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. No, the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We're his people. We're the sheep of his pasture. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: And so I just, I'm watching the news feed from people who are watching with us, and and Bob sharing that practice persistently the presence of God. That's what we need to do. Persistently practice the presence of God because God's kingdom is our happiness thank you Bob for sharing that so I want to pick up on verse 17 and whatever you do or say do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus giving thanks through him to God the Father And so that's the end of this section of chapter 3, and really it sums up worship, a reverence to God, because it's whatever we do or say, we are representatives of the Lord. That's how we honor God. That's how we worship God. We represent Jesus, not just here on Sundays and Mondays, but every place that we go, everywhere that we are. People are watching. If we claim Christ, people are watching. I am currently spending some time volunteering at Middletown High School in the theater department. You know, I believe in volunteering. You all do this at Connection Church, and I don't, can't volunteer at Connection because this is just what I do. So I have to find another place, and I do it at Middletown. And by the way, Beauty and the Beast opens on Friday, so it's an awesome show. But I get to work with about 100 kids and their parents and the staff at Middletown High School. And when I walk in the door to to support that, I don't check Jesus at the door. I walk in fully ready, smile, putting on the wardrobe of gentleness and kindness. And I might not say Jesus, but I look it kind of because I even had someone recently say, I'm really struggling about something. Can I talk to you? I'm like, yes, that's what it's all about because there's just a sense that maybe there's something different. We all have opportunities wherever we are. If you are a Christian, if you claim to be a Christian and you're a soccer coach or you're a baseball coach, then your job is to represent Christ. If you are a Christian and you work at a school or a bank or a factory, you represent Jesus. We don't just check Jesus at the door. It's who we are, whose we are. That's how we worship him. And so we get to be his hands and feet and eyes and ears, wherever, whenever. We can't forget that. We cannot forget that. Sometimes I'm walking around a uh, giant, I go there a lot, and so I'm maybe really thinking about something, and I might have a scowl on my face, and I'm like, wait a second, that's not who I am. You know, we need to walk around with an attitude of joy, actually. And so, anyway, we just represent Jesus, and that's a lifestyle of worship.
0: hmm And so as we shared at the beginning, this is the season of Lent, a season that the church uh, created. You won't find it in the Bible, but it's a season the church created, a a, a season of preparation as we prepare for Jesus' journey to the cross, his death and resurrection, seasons a time of reflection and self-examination when we consider how each of us is a sinner and each of us is mortal or Our days here are numbered. It's a time to once again consider how we are spending those numbered days. And a time to remember that that we are in dire need of a Savior. And that Jesus is that Savior. Yeah. He came to forgive us and deliver us from ourselves. It's a time to realize the importance of Colossians 3, 16, and 17. The worship's not just a Sunday morning, Monday night kind of thing, but around the clock, whenever, wherever, 24-7, in this year, 366 kind of thing. Try <laughs> and so remember that whenever, whatever we say, whatever we do, we do it as Christ's representatives in the world, wherever we are. And our question for you today is this. Uh, Are you living out Colossians 3, 16, 17? And if you say yes, we celebrate with you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if your answer is, well, no, not right now. Our question for you today is, what's it going to take? What's it going to take for you to live out the good news of Jesus Christ?
1: Let's pray. Mighty God, thank you for Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17. We've learned that you are supreme. There is nothing above you, and that you deserve all honor and glory. It is due you. God, as we take a look at worship as a lifestyle, convict us about our wardrobes. And help us see those things that we need to get rid of and what we need to put on. Peace and patience and kindness, gentleness, humility, self-control. God, help us look more and more like you. We thank you for your presence with us, above and below, and all around us. And we celebrate and glorify your holy name. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life He offers.